What is up, everybody? I'm Charlie Lukowski. That's Dick Veronica. This is the Process Podcast. Today we're going over everything. Super Bowl 55. Maybe I don't, not I don't know about everything. I mean, that's oh, a lot of yeah. stuff happened. It wasn't that interesting, but a lot I was, happened. I was going to say, Nick, it wasn't that interesting of the Super Bowl that we have a lot to cover. But we are going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to break down some Sabres and everything going on with that mess going on at, at, at Key Bank Center right now. Uh, and, and break down some Bill stuff late, late on the show. But, uh, Nick, obviously we got to start. Let's just get right into the Super Bowl talk. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Kansas City Chiefs did not live up to the hype, to say the least. No, if you were sitting at home and you're like, this was kind of lame, you uh, were correct. The Washington Post did a story, actually, believe it or not. They looked at the average score difference at the end of each quarter in the Super Bowl and the changes in win probability throughout the game and determined with science this was, in fact, a lame Super Bowl. So... Uh, what did we learn from it, though? It doesn't mean we didn't learn anything. Charlie, take it away, and then I'll make some points. Man, so what did I learn? I learned that Patrick Mahomes can be very pedestrian True. if you play the right defense. Uh, I also learned by kind of going back and looking at the game. I didn't watch the whole game over again because I couldn't stand watching Tom Brady just look like Tom Brady uh, <laughs> for a second time in, in as many days. But I did go back and watch some of the game. And one thing I noticed, Nick, was Tampa Bay was playing a very similar defense to what Buffalo played against Kansas City. Very similar. Keeping the, the, the safeties up high, keeping them deep, trying to take away those deep routes. Um, but Tampa did a better job. And I thought Tampa had a, a, a faster linebacker core, uh, and they were able to generate more pressure on the defensive line. And they were able to get to Patrick Mahomes uh, a lot quicker than what the Bills were able to. And they were able to take away those short, deep passes with their speedy linebackers as well, which was something Buffalo was not able to do in that game against Kansas City. But Tampa did a great job exposing what I think can be Patrick Mahomes' weakness going forward. I understand that he had some shuffling on his offensive line. And some people want to just sit here and blame it on the offensive line. Some people want to sit here, Nick, and blame it on some defensive calls that I think should have been called two weeks prior that weren't called. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes looked like a normal quarterback. You know, we we talked about, and some people have tweeted about, you know, in the past week or so, uh, not saying any names on the show, but some people have been tweeting about how great Patrick Mahomes is and this and that. I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes. Last week, Nick, you and I referred to Patrick Mahomes as baby goat. Still true. I think I, I I think, you know, yes, maybe he can be there, but I, I do think that this game may have been a huge step back for him. I'm not saying that he's gonna have a Carson Wentz moment and just completely fall apart and be traded, because let's face it, you can't trade a guy making fifty million dollars a year for the next ten years. No one's gonna want that contract. But at the same time, if you can take away those deep passes and, and those short passes, Mahomes, in my opinion, and I'm again, I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy that talks into a microphone and, and into your 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 ears. But at the end of the day, the things Patrick Mahomes did throughout that game, how much did you sit down and look at that at Patrick Mahomes and be like, man, Josh Allen's done that? Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that looks like Josh Allen against Houston. Yeah, they're, they're, I tweeted their entire offense was basically Josh Allen in golden retriever mode. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't run the ball too well, but. At the same time, Tampa was Tampa looked like they were ready to tell 
Kansas City like just run on us. They they took away the pass. They did opposite. Uh, they did what Buffalo did in the first game against Kansas City this year, where Buffalo said, "Hey, we'll let you run all over us. We're just going to take away Patrick Mahomes and not let you throw all over us." Tampa did the same thing, but Kansas City didn't adjust. Kansas City didn't come out running the ball. Patrick Mahomes couldn't mm-hmm. run the ball. At one point, he was limping a little bit. That turf toe seemed to act up on him. A uh, report came out yesterday saying now he is going to have some surgery on that toe mm-hmm. uh, and going to miss several months. But um, at the end of the day, man, I thought Patrick Mahomes looked very, very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I and and again, maybe I'm I'm dead wrong, but I'm curious to see what he's going to look like in the coming years when that fifty million dollar cap hit comes into play, and they can't afford to pay guys like Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill and you know, all-star players, because look at, we've said it already on the show, how much of a difference Stefan Diggs made for Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. How much of a difference does Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey make for Patrick Mahomes? Sure. And you take those two guys away. What does he have? He has nothing. All right. So I think your points about Mahomes's performance are accurate is that it was a very, like probably the worst game of his career period. Uh, which is funny that it came like right on the heels of maybe the, his best game of his career or, or one of them, at least his best game of the season against the Bills. Um, but I think assigning blame is the tougher part. And I think that my biggest takeaway or what I learned or perhaps what I was just reminded of is a, a truism of football is that when you look at teams and you break them down, the absolute first thing, if you were a coach of a high school team, a middle school team, whatever, the very first thing you needed to decide is, can we block them? And mm-hmm. in the NFL, that's usually like we just we just go past that all the time because it's yeah you have five professional linemen who have worked in in like you don't we don't even think about that in almost any game. And then we we get into the matchups. The cornerback is the safeties. That's you know the, you know when they're in this formation, can they you know it's that's all comes after can we block them? And for the Chiefs. In my opinion, none of the rest of the stuff mattered because their offensive line could not block the Buccaneers. And that they had so many injuries. They had guys playing out of position. They had one one guy playing at the center, playing in his normal position. And it was apparent right from the start that Patrick Mahomes did not have time. He time to throw. Routes couldn't develop. Tyreek Hill can't get open 40 yards downfield because he can't run that far before Patrick Mahomes gets flushed or gets sacked or has to make some unbelievable play to get to avoid the pressure. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do we learn from that? That we, what can we apply to the bills? I, I thought it shows how amazing it is when you can get pressure with just your front four, because the Buccaneers didn't have to send anyone extra. They, it was like, you know, they, they set the all-time Super Bowl record for amount of quarterback pressures, and they most of the time just blitz four, and then they could set, sit seven guys back in coverage. So how my, one of my things is, and this was something that we already knew, and it just was driven home for me, the Bills have to be able to create pressure with the front four. And, of course, it's not going to look like the Buccaneers in the backfield on every single play. But they got to do something. You know, just rushing four was very unsuccessful for the Bills this year. And that, I think, edge rushing in particular, it has to be an area of need. You know, I I, I don't want to keep hounding on Patrick Mahomes, but he was the star going into this game, right? He was the one everyone was looking at. That, of course. Again, you're right. He's, he's baby goat, Nick. He's baby goat. 
if I remember correctly, last year's Super Bowl, you know, 2020 all is kind of like a blur with everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's been Groundhog Day since February. Um, but I don't remember him playing great in last year's Super Bowl either. That's true. You know? They had they had uh 10 points through the first three quarters last year before they finally hit the gas against the 49ers. And this year they had nine points in the entire game. So seven of eight quarters he's played in the Super Bowl were not real good. How about you look at it this way? He's had 10 great minutes in 120 minutes of Super Bowl time, Nick. 10. I mean, and and sure, maybe that's all it takes to win one Super Bowl. But that's not going to win you multiple. I have another stat for you that I thought was interesting, that CBS tweeted out. Rex Grossman has a higher passer rating in in the Super Bowl than Patrick Mahomes does. Rex Rex Grossman's passer rating is 6.3 when he was with uh, the the Bears. Bears. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember. That was just unbelievable defense, and their offense just kind of limped along, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was against uh, Indianapolis. I think that's down in Miami. That was the the was that the rain game or was yeah that the, yeah the, the the bad weather game. Peyton yeah, Manning's yeah. first one. And uh, so so Rex Grossman has a pass rating of sixty eight point three, and Patrick Mahomes has sixty four point two. At one point of this game, I remember I looked at the stats on the TV. Patrick Mahomes had eighty yards passing halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, uh, hope you didn't take any Patrick Mahomes bets in this game because you no, lost. I took Kansas City's offense <laughs> at this game because I said last week on the mm-hmm. show that they were going to win by 14 points. I even went as far, Nick, as betting them at 21 and a half points at halftime, and they couldn't mm. even get there. That's tough. I do want to say, if you listened to our last episode, thanks again to Dan Fates for coming on Talking Props with us. Check it out. If uh, you want to see how he did, you can fact check us. We had a pretty good hit rate, man. We had, we said, Bucks are most likely to receive the ball because they generally are, are 50 50 uh, kick or, I'm sorry, receive or defer. And the Chiefs almost always defer. Tampa's more likely to start with the ball. And Tampa, first, first quarter money line or even first quarter uh, spread, if that's what you wanted, you hit. Nice job. Dan mm-hmm. was all over Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards. He hit that in the first quarter. Uh, we missed on Scotty Miller. Scotty did not have a reception, no, but did what did we talk about? We did a little bit of math, the even odd number. You were getting plus 140 for even total. The final 31 to 9 equals 40. That's even. Uh, you had a nice little profit. If uh, not that this was advice, this was just two, three guys talking for fun here, but uh, it's always nice when you can be proven right sometimes. Did you throw – so we can't talk about the Super Bowl, Nick, without talking a little bit about the halftime show. Did you throw any money down on anything for the halftime show? Because my neighbor next door threw down some money on the uh, uh, opening song by the weekend. Mm. I was happy that the weekend was over when it was. Wow. I had the over on slices of pizza I could eat, and I cashed in, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, what were your thoughts of the halftime show? I know this isn't uh, usually what we talk about on the show, but, hey, it's part of the Super Bowl. Uh, it was sufficiently weird and just my thoughts in general, like football writers seem to dump on the halftime show every year. And listen, if you are watching the Super Bowl for the game, the halftime show is not really aimed at you. So if you, if you don't like it, I mean, cool. Like they're not, they're not targeting you. You're not the target for that. So don't feel bad if you don't like it, if you are 
a diehard football fan. The, the halftime show is there because they know the Super Bowl is supposed to be like one giant party and there are many non-football fans who tune in. That's what halftime show is for, in my opinion. Can I ask you a question, Nick? What was the last great halftime show you saw? Um, I know there's so many. There's been 55 of them. We yeah, I was going to make a bad joke, but I'll just, I'll just keep that one inside. Um, I mean... I, I, I can't recall ever a great halftime show. Like, I mean, half the time I don't even watch. I'm like using okay. the bathroom or I'm going out and we used to, we used to go out and play football at halftime or I'm okay. loading up on snacks. I don't know. Well, you, your, your family alone, you guys have enough bro- boys in the house. You guys can have like a small football team as it is, you know, or at least have a quick little <laughs> game of touch. Yeah. We used to have a big party enough. every year. I was not lucky enough. I was an only child and I'm kind of a music snob as it is, so I do mm. sit and watch the halftime show, and I do get very judgmental of the halftime oh, wow. show. Wow. Uh, I thought Tom Petty's was good, but I think the last real good one we saw, let's be honest, was Prince. Um, but I am all on, and I know a lot of people for some reason did not like the national anthem this year. I'm a huge Eric Church fan. For anyone out there that's listening, Like Eric Church is like the man. I and enjoy Eric's Eric Church. If he does not get the halftime show next year, which he probably won't because Rock City plans it all, so you know what kind of music it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But big fan of Eric Church, and I think Eric Church would tear down. Where's the Super Bowl next year? I think L.A. That sounds right. The new stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. Stadium. You know what? That doesn't like. If it would, it'd have to be somewhere like southeastern, like country music, country. You know. Maybe once they're back down in. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Texas or something. Yeah, Texas. Or, I don't know if Nash- Nashville's probably not big enough. Well, maybe it's big enough. I don't, if, if Nashville had it, Eric Church would be like a top contender. Unless they're like, oh, we need Tim McGraw or someone like uber famous. Uh, I, I will. Say, I will say this. Nashville. If Nashville ever hosts the Super Bowl, they need. They would need to have a new stadium because that that stadium is. Hmm. Doo doo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are all kinds of rules the NFL has. You need to have. You know, public transit. You need this many hotels. Like Buffalo could never host the Super Bowl given the current rules because the region just doesn't, just mm-hmm. doesn't. Like I, I would say, I would you know go on a limb here. Toronto is more likely to host a Super Bowl if they were trying to like get the international audience because like just London. Be- London, sure, London or like those places are more likely than Buffalo to have a Super Bowl just because of the the rules the NFL has on infrastructure. Let me ask you this question, Nick. Um, what? So, so, and we're off the stadium side of things. I want to ask you one more question about Patrick Mahomes, real quick. Yep. Your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes? You know, I said he looked very pedestrian. Maybe this is the mm-hmm. way, this the defense that he's going to see now for for seventeen weeks next season, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. You know, but we we've seen that the NFL over the years has been a copycat league, right? Um, do you think that? If teams can come out and start kind of playing this type of defense, but and, and not everyone's going to have the personnel like Tampa, I understand it. But do you think Patrick Mahomes kind of continues to make that big jump and and continue to kind of tear the league up? Yeah, or, I I do. No, I'm just going to stop you right there. I think we've I've seen enough to be convinced that Patrick Mahomes is absolutely elite, incredible never seen before type of talent. So to, he did look pedestrian in this game. I am willing to put most of that blame on the pass protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, personally not his best game either, but uh, the fact that he's gotten there 
you know, two years in a row now. He's got the MVP. He's got a Super Bowl. Like, unbelievable. So I'm not worried about this personally for him. But I do think for the Bills, it has to be at least a little bit reassuring that after he absolutely torched you in the AFC Championship game, that just a nice reminder, he's still human. He can have off days. He can look like this, like – you know he's not he's not a robot even though we've almost never seen anything like him maybe tom brady is a is a robot i don't know but uh i mean bills fans at least should feel good or at least maybe good's not the right word but something crazy could happen you don't have to like stretch your imagination to say oh could could patrick mahomes have a bad day like yeah we just saw him have a bad day exactly and it's something you know it's something that we we prop these guys up so much it's like oh tom brady could never lose patrick mahomes could not oh, yeah they can and you just saw it so don't forget it i mean look how, how long did it take us to really get tom brady on a bad day we didn't get tom brady against the bills on a bad day but we saw him have bad days against other teams like the dolphins and teams like that where he always seemed to have bad days mm-hmm. against those teams but and he's had he's had bad super bowls too and they yeah. happen to win some of them you know you're talking about this being a lame game. Thirteen to three against the Rams was a lousy game. Oh yeah, lousy I mean, game. I, that that game was so much more boring than what I felt this game was. But I yeah. think everyone thought this game, much like what the Buffalo Bills Kansas City game was, thought what everyone thought that game was going to be mm-hmm. was going to be more of a shootout, and that Mahomes was going to at least come out and throw a few touchdowns, and there was going to be a touchdown yeah. scored. By no Kansas touchdowns, City. unbelievable. No touchdowns by Kansas City. Man, if anybody if anybody had no touchdowns for Kansas City as a bet. Uh, send us a, a, a tweet and we will give you credit on air because that would be an amazing call. Did uh, speaking of bets, I did see someone made a bet that there would be a streaker. All right, and... I, I I saw that. I don't know if it's real. It's got. I think it's real. Okay, if you didn't see it, the story there was a streaker late in the game, and the, allegedly the story is that the guy who put down a bet will there be a streaker. Made it happen. Him and his buddy allegedly, his buddy went first, caused a distraction for security, and then he ran on the field so that his prop bet would hit. And allegedly, he made all kinds of money. And then, if you subtract the thousand it cost to get out of jail, he still was up a bunch. A hundred and seventy-six thousand dollars. He won on his fifty thousand dollar bet. Allegedly. All right. And I, I would say, first of all. Sounds kind of made up, if I'm being real. Second of all, there's no way that can be allowed. Are you kidding me? Like, there's no way. There's that's no way like, paid, right? Like, that's, that's like, like human the... point shaving. Like, if a quarterback knew what his yards total was and made sure he went under it, that would be point shaving. Like, that's illegal. Like, literally illegal. There's no way. Like, there's got to be fine print in these books somewhere if you cause this to happen yourself. Like, they, I would be a shot like so shocked if he actually got the money especially now that the story comes out if you if you ever scheme your way into this don't tell anyone just collect your money and it's okay if only you know because now you're rich like don't don't like mm-hmm. don't publicize this that's my take shut up and take your money dude take your payday and move on and he he made too much too much of it and I don't think he's gonna get any money from it. Uh, and he he, he kind of yeah. shot himself in the foot with that. Maybe Speaking Barstool, team, maybe Barstool people, will do a documentary on him, like the guy who threw the object onto the field at the Bills game and then got some free publicity out of it. You know, I was sitting 
five rows behind that guy when he did that. I had season tickets. For that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the heck it was. I was with, I was with our friend Josh and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Josh would usually come to the game. So, so at the time, Josh was a corrections officer. Mm-hmm. So he would like show up to like my house at like seven o'clock in the morning on like zero sleep driving from Attica and just exhausted. So he would usually like sleep through the first quarter. Oh my gosh. You know, between, between tail. I don't know how anyone could sleep through a game inside the stadium. Yeah, he'd fall asleep in the chair in the first quarter, and then you know, wow, wake up people must have thought he was just absolutely hammered. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, I'm I'm sure the tailgate played into mm-hmm. him falling asleep. I mean, he, hey, he, a lot of those games weren't always worth watching anyway. Yeah, he missed all the excitement, and I asked him like, "What was that?" He goes, "Oh, I see it. I, I fell asleep." So <laughs> he he missed. I didn't know what it was until I got home and saw it. But yeah, wow, that's um, an incredible story. But speaking of bad decisions like streaking and placing you, I, is, is this streaking. about to become personal charlie no no i didn't i've not made any bad decisions <laughs> okay um let's let's talk about the bad decisions that the state that the nhl made oh to allow the sabers and Devils yeah. to play last weekend which has cost us two weeks of sabers hockey and with nothing else on tv right now i am going out of my mind nick i am to the point that the Daytona 500 is this weekend, and I may watch NASCAR and just watch these cars continue to make left turns for four hours because there is nothing else to watch on TV. Wow. Um, yeah. Can can a hockey team sue its league? Asking for a hockey team because <laughs> the Sabers and at least okay. There's probably some some you know bylaw that you can't actually take the lead to court. You need to settle it a mediator. Blah. blah. The Sabres should be suing the NHL. This is egregious conduct, forcing them to play a game against a team that was in the middle of a COVID outbreak when uh, reportedly the Sabres players did voice these concerns. And uh, the league has said that that didn't happen, but the, the player, the team and the players have said, yeah, uh, we, we, you know, we had some issues with this. And uh, guess what? The Sabres have like eight players now tested positive. Uh, the coach who's uh, kind of, kind of getting older. He's sick. Mm-hmm. I saw or I heard he, he was, uh, the, he's he's also symptomatic. Yeah. Right now. He's like horrible. I, mm-hmm. I someone said the linesman from the game got sick. Yep. And also, by the way, this is against the devils. Like, keep Lindy Ruff safe, please. Hello. Right. Lindy's right. a treasure. Don't get Lindy. Like, so the, this looks absolutely horrible on the league. This is negligent wanton misconduct looking for for the money playing the game they're they're taking their cue from the nfl which got some uh baloney i thought praise this week can you believe the nfl did the nfl did this because they have billions of dollars and just pushed on through when they shouldn't they moved around heaven and earth to get all these games in like you know and it's and the NFL was so we we didn't have any on field transmit yeah because you tested everyone every single day if mm-hmm. you still did that and then had on field transmission we would be mortified right okay right. hockey is an indoor game and uh, guess what you knew people on the team were sick and still had the game like, let me so not okay let me ask you this question do you think that the NHL because because now let's face it now they got to fit a fifty six game schedule in right the Sabers have missed two weeks of hockey so now the Sabers are going to be crunching games oh in. the Sabers are screwed there is there's, there's you know, no like they were a long shot ready to make the playoffs there is no way 
they can overcome the, like the scheduling challenge. Like they're going to be shot every single game. There's no way they're making like the team. The league has screwed them royally. I mean, and, and not just them, right? I mean, I wouldn't even say the the, the league. I mean, the Devils themselves. Um, you know, that there was another game today, the Flyers and Capitals game uh was postponed tonight as well due to some some outbreaks on the Flyers. Um, the NHL needs to do something, and I don't know if that means setting up a bubble in a a general location for each division and saying, hey, each because you're only playing the teams in your specific division, so why don't you just put each division inside a bubble in a general city? And just mm-hmm. say, and then then for playoffs, you can move it elsewhere if you need to. Yeah, I don't I'd see okay how the that. NHL gets through fifty six gets through a fifty six game season without doing some kind of bubble at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm sorry. Let me take the back. I say I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not okay with that in terms of um, your players. Like, I don't think it's really fair to ask them to quarantine like away from their families and their responsibilities and their children and that kind of stuff for months on end. Like, you could maybe get away with it for a playoffs. But for an entire – like, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that in terms of, like, that should work, like, logistically. But is that fair to do to people? That's where I have the problem. You know, and I get that too, right? And maybe I'm going to sound like that guy who, you know, I never got my shot at the NHL. So I'm going to sound like that guy who's maybe bitter and just, like, give me sports. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a job, right? And One that you're job, very good at. I, I hope so. Yeah, it's don't worry, guys. It's not the podcast. Podcast is not my job. I have a job <laughs> that I'm, I'm very good at. Um, but uh, you know, it, at my job, with COVID going on, I am not. Uh, for for me, I travel a lot for work. I can't travel now for work, which it, it has hindered my job. But I have been told that hey, it's your job. You cannot travel, so do not travel. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I I'm 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 hindered. I have taken a a beating on many things. I don't make millions of dollars like these NHL players do. Some of them make tens of millions. Some of them make hundreds of million dollars. Some um, of them make tens of thousands. There's a... Some of them make tens of thousands. Those are usually the younger guys who maybe don't have parental mm-hmm. um, responsibilities, mm-hmm. right? But you never know. You never know. You never know, right? Uh, that but, they know of. Right. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I, I think you have to kind of say as well, like, hey, if 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 you don't want to go into the bubble, then you have the option to opt out, right? Like the NFL gave the guys the option this year to opt out if they wanted to. But at the same time, this is your job. You some players were off for almost a whole 365 days of hockey. Like if like you don't want to play, like the Sabres, you 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 don't have to play if you don't want to. And maybe whole teams opt out at that point. Like, hey, we can't feel the full team. We have guys that don't want to play. We'll just, you know, have a team full of AHL players, whatever it might be. But I think at some point you have to look at these guys and say, you're making millions of dollars. This is your job. Yes, it's an inconvenience, but it's not like we're going to do it every single year. But if you want to get paid and you want your money and we can't pay you if we're not making money and if there's not games on national TV or even regional TV and they don't have that sponsorship money coming in. Mm hmm. They're, the, the NHL is going to take a bigger hit. And I feel like the only way you can continue this season is by having a bubble. And I will stand on that mountain till till the season's over. But they need to have some kind of bubble and do something because, if, if anything, maybe it's not the players that are transmitting it, right? Maybe the players aren't going anywhere. Maybe there's protocols. I don't know all the 
COVID protocols for the NHL. I really haven't sat down and taken the time to read everything. But I don't think that it's the players going out to to eat at restaurants or, you know, whatever they might be doing when they're there. It's the traveling that is where I think they are getting the virus while traveling and then playing, obviously, Mm. the game of hockey and transmitting it to the players on the ice. You know, I think that the Devils, for example, I'm not saying they got in Buffalo because they were only there for two days, but wherever they're traveling to, hotels they're staying in, things like that. I mean, for what we know about this virus and for – for how it's transmitting. If there's someone standing in that hotel with COVID and they have the same air conditioner unit as a guy in, you know, one of the NHL players in their room and they cough and it goes in through that, that air duct and up, that's going to get into their room and that can then infect. Yeah. And they're they're supposed to have like the upgraded filtration systems and everything. But like the the, the point is that you don't know, like it's not, it's not like chicken pox where you immediately have like this visible sign. If you're sick, like it'd be, probably very helpful if it was more like the chicken pox but it's you don't know if it was the guy at the hotel or the linesman or the barista or like you just there's there's just no way to know that so for as bad as the nfl though nick messed up mm -hmm. covid for for a few weeks now i i will give the nfl some credit right they fixed themselves they 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 overlooked they they did let some things slide and people who were close contacts were magically a lot better by Sunday and they probably got lucky in some ways. You know, or, or some, some all-star players or, or future hall of famers were able to not wear masks when, and not get fined for not wearing masks while other players on other teams that weren't in the Super Bowl did get fined, but that's a whole other story. But the, uh, the NHL, I feel like has really, caused themselves a lot of problems so far mm-hmm. and they need to find a way to fix that. And yeah. I think one major way to fix that is going to be some, some form of bubble or you, you're not going to have a 56 game season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that would definitely require input from the NHLPA and there would have to be some negotiation there, which maybe, maybe there's demands that they have and they want, like maybe they're open to that. I don't know. Um, I do think that hockey does not have a reputation as being a well-run league. And this is absolutely not doing them any favors. And they have rights negotiation for their television broadcasts uh, coming up after this year, I think. So I know that they want to put out a schedule and they want to have, you know, showcase their stars and they want a championship. And, and uh, man, they're kind of just getting in their own way here. You had an outbreak and you're just like, "Mm, just, just play. You know. Do you think that that this looks worse on someone like Bill Daly, or does this look worse on Gary Bettman? All of them, man. They're they're all the, the league itself. Its leadership is all implicated in this. Yes, all of them. I I think you know obviously agree with you. I'm not a big fan of Bettman as it is. I think Bettman has done as much bad as he's caused the game. I think he's done a lot of good as well, and he's grown the game a lot more than what it was in the last 10 years. But Bettman still has to claim some responsibility mm-hmm. to this. And, and for the NHL to really come out and not make a statement about anything going on is a little concerning for me. Like, yeah, why? even even the Sabres too. Like they haven't really come out and like laid down the hammer and said this is BS, like which does make you, you know, does give you pause. Like I wonder if like the legal wheels are turning here, but uh, it's just well, it's Kevin, just not Kevin a good Adams situation. said today, Nick, Kevin Adams did say today that 
the players talked Saturday night about or talked talk Saturday. He didn't say when, so I'm assuming either after the game because I know the game was one o'clock on Saturday. Um, the 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 team talked Saturday, and they said, you know, are you comfortable playing? And the players said that they were comfortable with playing in in that game against the devils knowing what the ramifications could be so at that point i mean how do you as a as a team say look our players were fine playing but we're going to sue you you know and, and and i'm just going off a hearsay of what i heard kevin adams say actually was tweeted by wgr mm-hmm. from kevin adams press conference yeah i mean i would say like given how long it's been like this has been over a week I would think a anything that they said in public is going to be very well rehearsed or approved by legal or whatever. Like this, this is serious, and they know that. I guarantee that they took the precautions for that. But I would also say, it's some like the league has more of an obligation than just well the guys said they're okay with it. Like this is the reason that we have concussion spotters who can pull people out of games in football. Obviously, hockey still has room to go in that too. You saw Linus Allmark. Um, or was it Allmark or Hutton? I'm, I'm blanking right now, but you saw, I think it was Hutton got hit earlier this year. Clearly like didn't look okay. No one checked on him. He stayed in the game. And then after the game, he said, yeah, I had, you know, immediate, or he came out at uh, intermission and then a week, you know, then he went on concussion list. Then he came back and he said, yeah, I had symptoms immediately. I just didn't want to come out. Like the league needs to save people from themselves sometimes. Right. The guys, a, might not be up on the science, don't always know the risks, and B, they want to keep playing. This is, is how they make their money. So are they going to be a little boneheaded is not the right word, but just uh, what am I, they, they want to push through anyway. And the league should probably, yeah, the league needs to take responsibility in some cases and say, I know you want this, but we can't let you do that. And so I, I don't know if, if the players – say they wanted to play like they're not really the best people to judge is it safe to play and that's that's so emblematic of the problems we're seeing in our country no one's saying is it safe for this to return is it safe for kids to have sports is it it's always so we can do this now right it's like you're always you're always complaining or your the restaurants are suing it's like no one's saying is it safe to do like just i have heard frustrating I have heard that, uh, you know, and I don't know if this is going to hurt the podcast, but I'll say it, Nick, that my good friend, Mark Polencars, who I actually coached youth hockey with in my time in, 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 in Buffalo, which I know that there's not a lot of supporters of Mark Polencars at times, but enough for him to keep getting elected. So hey, Mark Polencars, the guy, the man is, is just a, it's a real down to earth, like cool dude. Anyway, um, I know he has mentioned a few times. I, he's been more outspoken than the Sabres have been about the situation. Yes. He has been more yes. like, we need to do something about this. And and I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, youth. it sounds like youth hockey, Nick, and correct me if I'm wrong because you're, you're up there in, in, in Buffalo, but it sounds like youth hockey now is starting to start up as well. I mean, mm-hmm. where does the – Yeah, very slowly. All right, yeah. well, well, so you had a story today. High school sports are finally starting, but all the parents are upset that no parents are allowed in to be spectators. And it's like, hello, if you can't, if it's not safe enough for parents to sit in the stands, maybe we just shouldn't have the game, period. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Mark Polencarz, that's your point, was more vocal online about the county 
should be very upset about the NHL letting teams come here in the middle of an outbreak. And my like, uh, you know, wheels were turning my head. Maybe, like we said, the Sabres probably can't directly sue the NHL because I'm sure there's some bylaw about they need to work out their differences at court, whatever. The county can sue them for sure. And maybe uh-huh. that's an avenue that they take. So Mark Polonkar is coming out pretty strong on that. Was very interesting to me that I thought maybe the Sabers can't do it. Maybe the county is going to, you know, take up this issue on their behalf. I, I'll be curious to see what he does. Um, I think he is ready to do something sooner than later uh, with that situation. But we'll see what happens with him, and we'll see really at the minor situation. You know, I don't think Buffalo. Uh, I believe this weekend's games were canceled already. The 13th and 14th against the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Has yeah, been it's, it's uh, I mean, uh, honestly, the Sabres like weren't playing that well. So you were like, man, I can't, okay, I bet, like, I, I can't for a little bit. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, they they were doing well in, in areas and it may have not translated into goals, but the games were not the games were not like so enjoyable that you're like, you're it was it was a little funny that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't stand not watching the Sabres. I'm like, man, I was watching the Sabres. It was like, you know, it wasn't wasn't overly entertaining product. Like, like I know that we all love the teams and we're we're invested in them, but they uh, not watching the Sabres has not been. Uh, it's it's not, something to watch at this point. Like that, yeah. that's really my. But I I will say this, Nick, and um, you know, this will kind of be my last point regarding the Sabres, and we'll talk more once they start playing again. You know, we'll we'll, we'll do more episodes really just based around the Sabres because that's the only sport going on until baseball season starts up in a couple weeks, which I'm very excited about. Um, But I don't think the Sabres were playing bad, right? I don't think that they played bad hockey. I think they just, um, I I think she, I I think she, sorry, my wife is texting me and asking me a question of of one of her (laughs) friends, um, which I'll I'll, I'll have to tell you about when we're done because I, I I'm working on something for us here on the process Ooh, podcast. Spoilers, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what, I, I know what this is. I'm intrigued. So um um so as I was saying, I don't think the Sabers were playing that bad. I thought that they were just not able to put the puck Score. in the back of the net enough. Yeah, I mean oh, that, that weird. weird. That, <laughs> that was their that was their big issue. Yeah. I thought they they other than the last game against New Jersey where Eric Stahl looked like he was about an 80-year-old man going up and down the ice in a walker. Yeah. I didn't think the team looked terrible. You know, they were getting that scoring from the bottom six. They are not getting that from their top mm-hmm. six. Maybe, maybe two weeks off, maybe Eichel comes back and he's he's ready to go. But one thing I, I want to say to you, Nick, and I don't know if you've noticed, does Victor Olison show any emotion on the ice? Like, I never see him smile. He scores. He's never excited, like – is, I see there's no emotion. Is it. this good, like robot? Like I'm gonna kick your butt and and you know, like it's my job? Or are you saying this is a negative? Like he's not having fun? I don't know. I can't tell either way. Hmm. He, I mean, he you doesn't. He, he doesn't give off like uh, like Rocky Four. Like if he dies, he like he doesn't. He doesn't have that vibe. But he doesn't give off the vibe either that like he hates it there. Well, you, you could probably say the same thing about Eichel. Like Jack yeah, like, shows no emotion. Like Jack's like Jack. You you can't tell me, or uh, you could tell me. You can't. There's there's no visual on ice evidence that Jack Eichel like actually enjoys being on this team. He's just like, I'm better than you, but this is boring to me, and I'm, you know, I'm not gonna but try he, super hard and just I'll just he? walk you anyway. 
That's that's serious question. Is he? Because this is where I was going to go with this, and maybe we'll tease this and talk about this a little bit more next week. But is Jack like what was tanking when Buffalo did not guaranteeing yourself to get that number one draft pick? You know, and oh yeah, everyone's fine. We get number two. We get Jack. We knew that there was a, a gap between Jack and Connor McDavid, right? Like, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, you were trying to maximize was, your chance at McDavid, knowing you couldn't do worse than Eichel. Did we think that that gap between McDavid and Eichel was as big as what it is? Because I, I personally think it's huge. Because you watch a guy like Connor McDavid, every single night he is on a highlight reel somewhere, and he is just able to turn it up and turn people inside out and make them look silly. Mm. Where that, Jack. Yeah. Multiple times is like, what are you? Why? Why are you passing the puck and not shooting? Why are you doing that? Like, there's so many mm-hmm. times where I look at Jack and I'm like, yes, he's a good player. Maybe if he plays 15 years and wins two cups, sure, maybe he's a Hall of Famer. But he's done nothing where I have just been like, man, I'm so glad Buffalo tanked for Jack Eichel. Wow, that's a great question actually about Eichel and McDavid because McDavid is like so incredible like absolutely top i mean if you if you if you don't think he's the best player he's not outside anyone's top three with uh you know some people might have mckinnon ahead of like you know if that's what you feel i'm not going to disagree anyway um man like you like if you say eichel i would say a lot of people think eichel's a top 10 player but i wouldn't even give him that at times i mean I'm saying I, th- I think and there are many people who think he's a top 10 player, but like the difference between one, two and three is like, like exponential. It's like mm-hmm. McKinnon, McDavid, you know, who else are you putting up there? Maybe, maybe, well, I was going to say, uh, no, I was, I was thinking Pasternak for some reason, but I don't think he's top three. Like, you know, there, there's a bit of a drop off there. Well, you, think, you, you think could McKinnon, argue for different people. You, you think Connor McDavid, McKinnon. I mean, you even put Drysaddle up there. Yeah, the, yeah. Drysaddle, you could say he's you got Crosby, Ovechkin are still going to be up there no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. there's your top five really that you're sitting down and looking at. You got Pasta there in Boston, who seems to be able to score at will most of the time. Um, I mean, and I guess really there's your top six, but but who out of that am I missing? I mean. You know, I mean, Austin, so is Austin Matthews up there for you? Okay, so here's my thoughts on that, right? I feel like Austin Matthews is equivalent to Jack Eichel. Really? Yes. Even Austin Matthews seems like he's having a lot more fun than Jack Eichel. Well, okay, other than having the fun part, right? Like, dude, I could be playing on the worst team in, in the league. For, for me, maybe I'm different, right? Because I, I – just love the sport of hockey so much where if I was playing on the show, like I would just love that. The fact that I'm, this is my job and I get to go to work to play hockey. Right. Yeah. Be all day. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, it's easy to say sitting on your couch, but yeah, right. Exactly. But um, at the same time, like I feel like you sit down and you look at Austin Matthews and you look at Eichel. And mm-hmm. I felt like people had Austin Matthews written almost coming in and being a, Connor McDavid type of guy. And that gap between McDavid and Matthews is just as big as the gap between Eichel and, and, and McDavid. And Matthews right now, for his sake, is on a good team mm-hmm. in Toronto. That's, that's huge, though. Like, like being on a competitive team and having But look at the players around elite... him. Toronto yeah. was so bad for so long that they were able to put together elite talent over the years. And let's face it, NHL players – 
95% of them, or maybe if that's changing now, but most of them are Canadian. And how would you look at it, Nick, where you're from Toronto or from that area and you have the chance to go home and you're, I, I would go look at, look at John Tavares, for example, mm-hmm. John Tavares could have went anywhere he wanted, but he wanted to go back home and play in Toronto. Right. So you're telling me you think Jack Eichel secretly wants to be a Bruin? Maybe, maybe it's not so, even secretly, maybe not even no, secretly. Maybe no, I, I, like, that's where he, dude, he still spends his summers back there. He's not, sure, he's got family year. there. Why would you not? He's got family there. I mean, I know some players in the NHL who are from Buffalo mm-hmm. that spend their time in their city where they play. Like that's sure. where they are, even with their family back in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, um, he could have become a free agent already and chose the signing extension in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I think he felt like the team was going in a different direction than where they're going now. I, yeah, and, and don't get yeah. me wrong. T- t- and by the way, Tobias Reeder has been the best free agent signing on this team in the offseason. <laughs> I have not been impressed with Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, as good as he is, mm-hmm. and maybe he's another guy too after these two weeks off. Maybe he goes back and he has a little fire under his ass. But they these when, when you have Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, all these guys getting paid a ton of money and none of them are producing that. I'm sorry, but that that's not on coaching. That's not on your GM. That's on your guys on the ice. You can sit down and you can blame Ralph Kruger all you want for Mm -hmm. not getting Jeff Skinner on the top line, whatever it might be. But Jeff Skinner hasn't shown that he belongs on the top line and he can't score anyway. And you have, Jack Eichel, who can't put the puck in the net, or Taylor Hall, for that matter, that, that that can't do anything. And you're paying these guys a ton of money, and they can't produce. And you can't sit down. I don't care who you are. You cannot sit down and tell me that that is because of Ralph Kruger or Kevin Adams or the Pagulas. I, I, even if Taylor Hall has a poor season by his standards, I think it was still worth bringing him in because of exactly what we just talked about. That was actually a great transition. Jack Eichel needs other elite skill players to play with because it just sucks if you're so much better than everyone else on your own team and you're like, man, I could be doing so much better if I had people who were good with me. Or you know, if you're sticking them out there with Tage Thompson, I don't know that that's – I mean, Tage is a pro, but he's not like Jack Eichel. Pro. Like Jack Eichel is probably loving having a guy as skilled as Taylor Hall with him. So even if he's not, the production's not there, I feel like it has to be encouraging to Jack, at least that he could be in Buffalo and still get a player of that talent level playing with him. If the results, I mean, you got to have results too. I'm sure that part will frustrate him, but the, the skill level and the creativity and just the ability to, you know, we haven't seen it yet, but the ability to put pucks, you know, in places where only elite players would have the thought or the ability to put it, and hopefully get him some goals. It still is a you know it's still early in their season, but man, all right. Let me let's uh wrap up here. Let me get back to you. Um, let me let me give you one thing because you're talking about elite players real quick. There was mm-hmm. one elite player that I wanted to see Buffalo try to make a move for, and it sounded like that at one point of the this offseason they were in on it, and that guy was Patrick Line. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's not a, bit, a lot of Line fans, but I thought maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. Uh, but I, I do want to get this out there because I just saw Mike Harrington just retweeted it. I don't know if you saw that line A was benched yet, yesterday. Uh, and no the third period, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and the everybody, third. everybody thought that it was. And he's brand was, new, right? 
Yeah, everyone thought that it was because same issue as uh, uh, Pierre Dubois, that he didn't want to be there, you know, whatever it might be. And it was not that uh, Patrick Lyon actually mouthed off to one of the assistant coaches. And John Tortorella, being John Tortorella, and I, 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 one of the few that really likes John Tortorella. I you think do? He's a great coach. Oh I do. Oh my gosh, I did I, not know this about you. I, I like John Tortorella a lot. I um, dislike John Tortorella. And I, I, I fully support him benching a player from out of to a coach. Okay. I, I, I did not know that was why. I thought um, the price to get Lionel out of Winnipeg was not that high. And I was, um, no, I was, curious why the sabers were not in on that um maybe there are other reasons but um yeah high skill player who does not always play a well-rounded game so jack ike like and we gotta say this quickly for jack jack is so talented that a lot of the times it looks like he's not trying and he's still just better than people. And that like, like it, it looks bad on him because he's just like literally that much better. So he does all the time. I'm like, he looks miserable. Oh no, he actually is trying. It just looks like he's not trying because he's right. But um, you know, I, I would love to see a poll of like 50 NHL, like, like draft experts is Connor McDavid, you know, higher above Eichel than we thought at the draft. That's a great question. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that'd be, be interesting, but I, I do fully a thousand percent think that there, there there's a huge gap there. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me, Nick, we have to talk about this because not, not to cut you off, but Sabres talks making me more depressed, man. I'm oh, hold on. Real, real quick. Let me get, get it in then. Do you think that the Sabres division, because every game is a division game, Will they play fewer games than other divisions this year? Is that something the league might could look into? I mean, how do you care? How do you care? Uh, you just you just cut. I mean, as long as you cut evenly, like, what does it matter if the Canadian division plays more games than your division if if playoff seating is all division based anyway? I think it would matter because so so you so you just as long as you cut evenly from the division. Sabres, Devils, Capitals, for that matter. Yeah, play. If, if all eight teams played ten games less than the teams in the Northern Division, like, does that matter to you? I Would feel you like care? It won't matter to me, right? Because sure, let my team play less games, go into the playoffs, and have a little bit more energy. Sure, but I think it's going to matter to the NHL and their sponsorships, and that's mm. gonna, that's going to that's going to reign supreme over players. That's a good like, point. Like that's every a good league. point. Good it's point. Because they're losing sponsorship money, they'll be losing other money coming in, and that's going to be my big thing. Okay. All right. All right. Let's wrap so, it up. Sorry so I got, I got to bring this up, Nick, because um, I know we were texting about it a little bit, and I want to chat a little bit more with you about it. Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday, right? Right. Indeed. Everybody knows that. I am a firm believer that the Monday after Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Yes. Agreed. I also, Nick, and I'm throwing this out there, and I know that uh, this is not something I hear many people say often. I think the Super Bowl should be on a Friday. Ooh, I like that fire. Because take, let's man. face it, fire the game's already starting at a weird time. Your halftime's already uh, you know 15 minutes longer than normal, so mm. things are already thrown off as it is for the players. They already play Thursday night football during the week, so why not have a Friday night game? People get two days off afterwards to rest and recover, mm. celebrate whatever it might be. But 
I was not one of those people this year that went out and went crazy at a party. I went to a friend's house and there was four of us and there are quarantine friends. So we were smart and responsible, but there's many people out there like the people who were Bucks fans this year that were out partying. And I don't know how some of them got up for work Monday morning. So why not? Why not on a Friday? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, this is the first time I've heard the Friday suggestion. I kind of like it. I have heard a few people say it should be on Saturday. And the first time I heard that, I was like, yes. Why do we like they have two weeks off anyway? The one extra day is not not doing anything. Have it like Saturday was a great idea. And if you want to go one day back again, like, sure, I'm on board. The whole thing, the NFL as the NFL made sure to let everyone know this year that they think they are so important, even during a pandemic. This country cannot possibly not have football. Mm-hmm. They wanted okay, and guess what? If you want to throw the biggest party in the country, give people time to recover. That seems like an amazing thing. One of one of my uh, one of my takes was if you want to keep it on Sunday, and you want to add an extra game, okay. Think so. Think of the the normal year and this. Um, if you add another week or you have a second bye week, you move the game back and you always have the Super Bowl the Sunday before President's Day. Mm-hmm. And I know not everyone has off President's Day, but it is a federal holiday or a bank holiday, if that's what you like to call it. Um, a lot of people have off there. But, yeah, make it make it a holiday or take the decision out of people's hands who clearly, you know, this should have been done already. Move it to Saturday or move it to Friday. You want to have the biggest or, or party in the country? Already. Yeah, don't have a party. Who has a party on Sunday? Nobody. I mean, it's it's rocket science, man. It's rocket yeah, science. Listen, you the NFL should have a second bye week anyway. I think. And I mean, and they're, and, they're and, already and, talking about making it an, another game in the season next year. And there may be a second bye week to come of it. I think as players kind of are like, hey, you want us to play an extra game? We need an extra day. We need an extra week off. And I, I have no problem with that. Give them two bye weeks. Great. Um, still curious to see what happens with the 17th game. Um, but mm-hmm. I, 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 that's one thing I was really going back and forth with about this week was, hey, why is the Super Bowl played on Sunday? I understand NFL Sunday, but hey, college football is played on Saturday and they play their national championship game on Mondays. Mm-hmm. So why can't the Super Bowl be played on a yeah. Friday? Great point. Love it. To, listen, write your elected officials and tell them start a petition to move the Super Bowl. It, in theory, it should be a wildly popular argument. Everyone is miserable the Monday after. You, some people uh, drink too much. Some people eat too much. Everyone stays up too late. You got the sugar high. Like, just give people a day off after, right? If you if you were throwing a huge rager party, you wouldn't do it on a Sunday night. All right. Not the, yeah, not not this year. I hope no one threw a huge rager party. This right, year. right, 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 right. In, <laughs> in normal times, if you're if you want to have a sick party, you wouldn't have it on Sunday night. The NFL wants to have the biggest party in the country, and it's let's start at six forty on Sunday. That's dumb. Saturday, Friday, love it. So Nick, before we go, I want to kind of just break down what we're what our plan is for this upcoming off season. Cause let's face it, it's not looking good. Like we're going to have some Sabres hockey anytime soon, them having more COVID designations and, and kind of COVID going throughout the league. So we have to wait a little bit to talk uh, some more Sabres hockey, but we are going to do some special off season stuff. We're going to do a special breakdown this year 
uh, position by position breakdown offense and defense kind of break down what Buffalo currently has that position, what they could do at that position, um, both in free agency with their current roster and in the draft. We're mm-hmm. also going to have some special guests on coming up. Um, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I am working on getting a Super Bowl champion on our podcast, and that's as far as I'm going to go with that, uh, maybe even as soon as next week. Um also kind of kind of uh, line up maybe one of the hottest free agents, potential free agents in the league this year um, from a team out West, but just teasing. So you guys are going to have to pay attention. Wow, I don't Listen, even know about this. this is see what's coming up. Nick, I'm, I'm just dropping bombs all day, man. You know, hey, you're, not yeah. the, you're not the only one with all the connections, man. <laughs> all right, listen, before we get off air, we need to give a very quick shout out to LaShawn McCoy for playing – Zero snaps in this year's Super Bowl and being inactive in last year's Super Bowl and still getting two rings out of the deal. What uh, what a ratio of effort to reward there. Listen, he, was, Shady, he was dressed this week but didn't play. Unbelievable. Shady, if you listen to our podcast, can you tell me where you plan on signing next year so I can put all of my money on that team to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> it's probably Please. retiring. I, I put my money on retirement. I think so. I, th- I think he, he's, he's right. Unless there's like a buy with like the Jets or someone that are just like, hey, we need a running back and you can just come in and run the ball and, yeah. and, and he, get up your stats. He, he's boys with Frank Gore. He would love to sign whatever Frank signs, but then you got two useless running backs. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and Nick, I, I do want to give a shout out um, to Pedro Gomez and his family. Pedro Ooh. Gomez passed away on Sunday uh, unexpectedly, but I he heard. was – mostly known for everything that he did for baseball and ESPN. He was always that face that you saw on broadcast. I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, really? a few times down in Fort Myers uh, covering the Red Sox. His son actually plays for the Red Sox organization. Yeah. Uh, so being in Fort Myers at spring training and stuff, you would always see him walking around and he was always a super friendly guy. Um, you know, would always, would always say hi to everyone that he would walk by, whether he knew you or not. Um, so, he, he will definitely be one of those those guys that is missed um, in the world of, of of sports journalism, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, you know, the ESPN lost a good one on Sunday. Um, and I, I did feel like he didn't get enough recognition Sunday evening when it happened. Obviously, with the Super Bowl being on, he kind of got overlooked. So mm-hmm. just want to give him some recognition on the show as well. So, um, but, hey. Nick, good show this week. Pleasure breaking down the Super Bowl with you. Maybe next year we'll be breaking down a Super Bowl where the Buffalo Bills play in. Uh, but I'm excited for what we have coming up, excited for the offseason, excited to get the Sabres back on the ice. Um, anything that you want to finish with, Nick, before we let the people go? Nope. Shout out to us for getting off the air in under an hour. Peace out like Antoine Winfield Jr. Bye. <laughs> Deuces. Guys, remember to always follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow the process, the process podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or myself at Chowit sixty eight. I'm probably going to be arguing with 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 our boy Bray more often. So anything he tweets, you could probably look for me right under, underneath that. Uh, and just to get us off in ten seconds. Remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcast, and remember to always trust the process.